0: Hello and welcome to Wattcast. My name is Roger Watson, and these podcasts are dedicated to readings of various articles that I've had published in newspapers and magazines. They reflect my views on politics, the pandemic, and current affairs. Thank you very much for listening. The Chinese are spying on us, but why? This is my column for the New Conservative of the 1st of August, 2023. It's a couple of weeks since the Intelligence and Security Committee of Parliament issued its scathing report on China, where it outlined the whole-of-state infiltration of UK institutions by the Middle Kingdom. Every sector, industry, finance, defence and universities is penetrated. The veracity of such a report is hard to refute. There can be little doubt that the Chinese government is poking about behind the scenes in our affairs, just as I hope that we are poking about behind the scenes in theirs. The question is not are the Chinese spying on us, but why are the Chinese spying on us? Your correspondent has made countless visits to China and has only recently returned from there. While not blind to the obvious and inhibiting level of surveillance, the dreadful treatment of certain ethnic minorities and religious groups, and their world-beating statistics on executions, it's hard to avoid the conclusion that this is a very prosperous and technologically advanced society. Inhabited by proud and hard-working people, the streets are clean. Women don't tumble out of nightclubs with their underpants in one hand and a bottle of vodka in the other, and men don't seem to think that they too can be women. What could the Chinese possibly learn from us? In almost any organization or sector, they infiltrated before they got to the nuts and bolts of how that organization worked. They'd have to negotiate the piles of Stonewall documents outlining how the priorities were not to be successful economically or world-leading in any way. Instead, they'd have to read reams of pages on inclusion and diversity and unconscious bias training. Any documents on planning would not be about aims, objectives and strategy, but more likely about the allocation of gender-neutral toilets and safe spaces for anyone who self-identified as a cat. There would be peals of laughter from the great hall of the people ringing out over Tiananmen Square. Imagine a wee Chinese chappie, let's call him why so dim, torch and mouth in the small hours of the morning, breaking into the office of Andrew Bailey, head of the Bank of England. He picks the lock in the top drawer, pulls out a manila folder, studies the contents, and as the hairs stick up in the back of his head, utters under his breath, ah, so, that's how they manage inflation, they don't. Meanwhile, Wai So's colleague in espionage, the beautiful Lei Mi, is getting down to business with a senior civil servant from the Ministry of Defence, while trying to extract the UK's defence strategy from him. Three days later, she dies of exhaustion, still not having found out anything. What must the Chinese think of us? While they emit nearly 30% of the planet's carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, more than double their nearest competitor, the USA, at 14%, they must find our efforts to go to zero carbon from 1% of world emissions laughable. You can imagine how just-stop oil protesters would be dealt with if they tried to stop the traffic in Tiananmen Square. It didn't go too well for the last chap who tried to stop the traffic there in 1989, mind you who did try to stop a tank. The list of things they must find arisable, such as, in no particular order, the obsession of our corporations and bodies like the police with flying LGBT plus flags, Greta Thunberg, and she's not even one of ours, the SNP who would have been dealt with long ago, the Archbishop of Canterbury, King Charles, Gary Lineker, almost anyone of their ilk who gets into a position of great privilege and then bites the hand that feeds them is surely inexhaustible. Frankly, it's just unfathomable what the Chinese could possibly think they can learn from us. Their road system stretches for 500 million kilometres with smooth surfaces, while our half a million kilometres is barely navigable for potholes and places. Their extensive rail system runs with barely a glitch, while ours barely runs, and their car industry is producing so many e-cars that they've actually had to slow down production. It's easy to laugh at our own pathetic efforts to claim a stake at the top table of world affairs and stay ahead of the curve in all manner of woke and climate catastrophizing initiatives. Our response to COVID nineteen was nothing short of disastrous, but so it was in most countries. Free speech is genuinely under threat, but it's non existent in China. Our country is, let's face it, a shambles, but given the choice between living in China or the UK, I imagine most people would, as would your correspondent, always choose the latter. Perhaps the Chinese could learn that and ponder. This podcast was produced in association with youpublicationslimited.com.